somewhere in the bowels of the city that never sleeps. Kevin McCullough, radio host with Salem Media. Is a man also not sleeping. Syndicated radio talk show host Kevin McCullough. And that guy would like a word with you. Many of you know him from his votes for Damas. Of course that Kevin show is going to be great. The only thing that could be greater, of course, would be that Donald show. But we don't have that, so we have that Kevin show. Featuring the music of Dick Tunney and the Dream in Color Orchestra. And tonight, she's a historian and a happy conservative warrior, Monica Crowley, war correspondent Rick Leventhal, Christina Bob Esquire, funny lady Maureen Langan, and CCM hip-hop artist Torin Wells. And now, from Times Square, the place where no one ever sleeps, because those flashing screens are too dang bright, here's that Kevin! There, there's just, yeah, there's, no one can sleep there. You, you notice nobody ever says, hey, come see me in my fifth floor walk-up in Times Square. Not in the square itself. Way too bright. Kevin McCullough, glad to have you with us on a Saturday night. A Saturday night that uh, could have been much, much worse uh, if we had seen what I was afraid we would see last night uh, on a day that I think I have to officially dub the day of the hidden footage. Because not only did we have the uh, body cam uh, footage in uh, Memphis, Tennessee uh, come out, uh, we had a couple of other uh, strange hidden footages come out as well. We get to that. I want to start with Memphis, though, because it is on everybody's mind. And I want to say thank you to the law enforcement officers in cities from Memphis to New York, because last night uh, it was obvious that they kept the peace and people who had very strong feelings about what looks like a heinous series of crimes, not one, but seven committed by maybe as many as five police officers, maybe more than that. Actually, I'll tell you about that in a second. Uh, was was kept under control. Yeah, po New York police had one car that got damaged, but th there was literally no violence in Memphis where the activities took place. There was literally no violence in Atlanta where Tyree Nichols was originally from. That's a win. That's good. This was This was an honorable night, though it be a painful one for America last night. Uh, lots of people weighed in on what they thought. Uh, Tyree's brother says he hopes all the cops die. LeBron James just tweeted the word factual. I don't know what he meant by that. Uh, AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, said charges aren't justice, changes. Well, I don't know about that. If you, if you have future cops less inclined to do what these five did because these five get charged and they serve their punishment, uh, I think charges are the beginning of justice, AOC. Uh, Nancy Pelosi always profound with the justice is uh, justice must be done. <laughs> no, duh. And, you know, hopefully we're on our way to seeing that right there. Um, one of the more interesting responses came from New York Mayor's Eric Adams last night, who you may know is a former officer himself, who said very plainly, these five men in blue betrayed the rest of us that ever put the uniform on. The mayor's got a point. 
and a good one. Uh, this little interesting tidbit came out. Uh, one of the dep one of the sheriffs of the county where these crimes took place, in watching the video yesterday for the very first time, realized that he spotted a couple of his deputies from the sheriff's office that arrived on the scene, and evidently he's now open investigation into why they didn't do more at the time to apply care for Tyree Nichols. So even more justice is coming out because it might have been that these two might have skated if. Nobody had seen the body cam footage. Hey, how thankful should we be for body cams now? We're getting to the bottom of some of these things that used to have just conjecture about them before. That's a good thing. That's a great thing. And finally, Bill Maher had, I think, one of the most insightful responses because he said very plainly that America's culture of violence goes deeper than race. And friends, I, I can't express that strongly enough. I think that that is exactly the issue here. And what we're coming to, gra uh, to grapple with is the effect of what's called sin in people's lives. These were sinful actions, evil, heinous, and they're going to be dealt with. That's what the law is there for, by the way, to stop bad things from happening in the future by punishing those who do them now. So as a nation, we can collectively sigh a little bit tonight that we didn't burn ourselves to the ground. Tyree Nichols' mom asked that that be the case, and I'm glad that we honored that in every sort of the way. But there was other hidden footage that came out yesterday. Did you see the Paul Pelosi footage? Uh, you know, it's, it's normal to have a drink in one hand, come to the door in your underwear, and be uh, jointly holding a hammer with someone who wanted to see you. Very disturbing, very weird, still getting to the bottom of that. And then I don't know if you saw this, but Project Veritas over the last couple of days exposed that Pfizer, at least according to one person speaking anonymously on hidden camera, said that uh, they're working on gain-of-function research to get a head start on the future COVID viruses and the vaccines that they need for them. Well, it didn't go so well when that same person that was taped on hidden video got confronted later. Take a listen. Hey there, did you see taken? You work for Pfizer, my question for you is why does Pfizer want to hide from the public the fact that they're mutating the COVID viruses? Is this real life? I'm literally a yeah. liar. What I was trying to impress a person on a date What's by lying. lying. And this please, is please, absurd. Please don't touch me. Well, this is not, by the way, why don't, are you doing don't this? tell anybody. Someone who's just working at a company to literally yeah. help the public. You f you really did. Please leave the class. Can you please unlock your door? No, no, don't let them leave. Please unlock the door. Kim, why is going on so stuck? Please unlock. Please unlock the door. Please unlock the door. Unlock the door. We're trying to get unlock the door. Unlock the door. If he was trying to impress a date. I hate to tell him, but I, I don't think there's any chance. I think he pretty much used up all his chances there. I, th I thought it was particularly effective when he tried to take the clipboard out of James O'Keefe's hand. Uh, yeah. See, here's the problem, friends. And this is this applies to all three stories. Um, oftentimes, when we don't think the rest of the world is watching, we will be mean to others. We will engage in questionable activity, or we will lie to impress someone, maybe in exchange for 
sexual favors or affection or just to vent something that we are very frustrated about. But it's interesting what the scriptures say about all this. There, there's this concept in the Bible that says your sins will find you out. In other words, what's done in secret many times, and there's fewer and fewer secrets with more and more cameras, but oftentimes those will come to light. And when they do, it's kind of of our own doing. The five police officers in Memphis, Tennessee, the um, secret goings-ons of Paul Pelosi and his hammer-wielding friend, uh, even the uh, researcher at Pfizer who thought he would never be exposed for what he, what they were doing, and maybe the, the Pfizer company didn't either. By the way, uh, Veritas put on their social media after that all happened. They said that uh, on YouTube, the video got 800,000 views, and YouTube took it down. Hmm. I wonder why. Did Mr. Pfizer, someone in Mr. Pfizer's office, call over and say, hey, uh, can you take that down for us? But um, on the on Twitter, it had eclipsed more than 20 million views. And yes, none of the legacy media covered it, except Tucker Carlson, who still tells the truth on kind of fearlessly on a regular basis. But th th this is this is the concept. This is the this is the important understanding of all of these stories. That what we do a lot of times thinking no one will ever find out about it is really still shaping the character of who we are. And in the process of that, things come out that we don't always want to have come out. It's true. Paul Pelosi knows it. The family of Tyree Nichols knows it big time. And uh, now so does the dude trying to get a date by spilling the, the Pfizer secrets. All right, we've got a huge show straight ahead for you. Uh, coming up next, he has covered nearly every major war and major disaster and major tragedy. In the modern era, Rick Leventhal with uh, a recounting of some of his harrowing adventures. And a little bit later on, she's the happiest conservative warrior I know, Dr. Monica Crowley in the house, along with funny lady um, Maureen Langan, uh, Christina Bob Esquire, and Torin Wells in the music spotlight. It's a huge show, and it's live from New York. I knew it. Ah, uh, come on, Kev. What's a few classified documents between friends? I told you. I told you all the time. I knew it. I knew he had some, too. Here he is. That Kevin. Kevin McCullough. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry at all that we have the kickinest uh, theme song on that Kevin show that has come out in a really long time. And uh, I know that the Grammys are just around the corner. They don't have a category for uh, top TV show theme songs for the year, but if they did, I think ours should go in there. Thank you. Dream and color orchestra, uh, Dick Tunney on uh, the roads and the B3 and Tony Mora on the drums and Sam Levine on uh, the sax and David Cleveland on the guitar. 
uh, and bass. It's just great uh, stuff and uh, just one of the reasons why I love doing this show. Hey, we've got a very interesting uh, set of guests tonight. I want to go back through the, uh, the guest list because Rick Leventhal is going to be here. Uh, in just a matter of minutes, and we're going to talk about his very exciting career in the uh, whole world of uh, war correspondence. But in the next hour, Monica Crowley, one of my favorite people on planet Earth, uh, because she has done so much. She served two living presidents. Um, well, they were living at the time. Uh, one of them is no longer with us, Mr. Nixon, but she was his historian for his final few years on this planet. And she's got some really great stuff to tell. So looking forward to that. And last minute addition to the show, uh, the attorney for Donald J. Trump for president for 24, the uh, DJT for Prez 24 team, the attorney for that group handling election integrity, Christina Bob is going to be with us. Uh, which is the first time that uh, we've had her on the show and looking forward to what she has to say, especially in light of what a dramatically bad offering the midterms uh, demonstrated for us this year here in um, uh, in the in the mid midterm cycle. All right. My next guest has spent much of his life in some of the most dangerous places on planet Earth. And he liked it. <laughs> this is one of those things that only happens in the type of people that do the type of work that he did for so many years, because now he's a soft couch potato doing podcasts all day. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome investigative reporter and man on the scene of many news events, Rick Leventhal. <laughs> That was quite an introduction, Kevin. Thank you so much. Well, I've known you a little while. Not, not. I wouldn't say we're super close, but we've run into each other in the halls at Fox News and other places uh, for a long time. And yeah. uh, you are. You've lived one of the most exciting lives as a reporter that a reporter can live. And I mean everything from 9-11 and that classic footage that they replay every year of, of you being caked in soot and walking through there and doing all that yeah. reporting to war yeah. zones and natural disasters and everything else. I mean, um, that's, that's a really wild life. Yeah. I, I feel blessed to have had the opportunities that I've had and charmed that I wasn't uh, badly hurt uh, or injured during most of my travels and just grateful, just really grateful for the experiences and for the relationships that I, that I, developed and and you know meeting people like you over the years has yeah. been a really really great wonderful experience and uh I, you know I, I guess you could say i'm a couch potato now but you know it's <laughs> I, I, that's, I, a little, that's a little tongue-in-cheek i know you're never going to be one of those i did pay my dues you know that's and, it <laughs> and live to really tell about it that's the incredible it. part <laughs> sounds like there was uh there was a, a right timing to all the decisions that you made at that time by the way uh rick's amazing career has been um cataloged in his new book chasing catastrophe oh, and uh, i anticipate that this is going to be a bestseller and you've got to get your own copy there it is i'll never forget when they outed jason blair at the new york times for having uh filed his reports from iraq from his midtown uh sixth floor walk up uh, yeah and i was thinking wow that is not the way leventhal would ever have gone about it at all and talk to us a little bit about what the hardest part of it was for you uh which ones were the most significant moment most memorable and why 
Well, 9-11 is the first chapter in my book. Uh, and, you know, it obviously is a huge part of my life. It was a huge part of my career. Being a New Yorker, at least living here for, for years when it happened, it hit home. I mean, it this is, is, was my home. I'm in New York City now. I, I've moved to California. But 9-11 was uh, just the most devastating and shocking and heartbreaking and, and challenging assignment I ever had. I was, I believe, the first guy to go live from the scene, at least nationally, because one of our engineers, Pat Butler, had managed to park a satellite truck just a few blocks north of Ground Zero. And I was able to find the truck, and he plugged in a camera and a microphone probably 30 seconds before the first tower fell. Wow. And, I, and that was the tower coming to the ground. And yeah. we ran and, and hid in the satellite truck, which went, there was a window, but everything went black because we were enveloped in that cloud of debris and that those four or five minutes were recorded on tape. And I have that tape, Kevin. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that people probably were wondering about that they'll learn about. So let me ask, there. let me ask you how those two chapters connected for Rick Leventhal personally did experiencing nine 11 as close to the action as you did. And obviously being amidst the, a major part of the story, which was because we, we hadn't lost that many people until the towers fell. And that's where most of the calamity and fatalities occurred. Yeah. Um, did that change or deepen or in some way tweak your commitment in then becoming a wartime correspondent to do something to do the job even more intensely was oh, there something it, about it that you felt like this is what i'm doing is is my my part of the response it absolutely motivated me and drove me that you know at first it was shock and confusion and horror and sadness and then it turned into just anger yeah and and a, a drive for a retribution and and i'm, I'm not a, a service member i never have been one but i had spent time with marines in um albania in in macedonia and uh 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 in albania during the war in kosovo and you know i, I always thought it was the the pinnacle of, of reporting was to be a a, a combat journalist uh you know a war correspondent so when they started soliciting uh they they named they said that they were going to start an embed program in afghanistan that was the first place i went right. in december of 2001 right after 9 11 as soon as they said they were going to bring journalists into afghanistan i put my hand up and i don't know you remember john moody he was one of the big bosses at fox at the time i went to his office i said i i, I gotta go I, I need to be there i, I want to cover this story and so he agreed to let me go and then the military chose me out of a pool of journalists as one of six, I believe, um, TV correspondents to go into Afghanistan. So no question, 9-11 drove me to do it, motivated me to do it. And then once I was in Afghanistan, I went back a couple of times. And then the Iraq war, the build up to that, the Pentagon announced they were going to have a much bigger embed program. They invited 500 journalists. Wow. And of course, I went to Iraq because I had to go. And it had nothing to do with the politics of it it just had to do with me wanting to cover the story yeah, to be there guys yeah. that's and women doing that's, the that's how the pros that's how the people that are really supposed to be journalists do it uh, ladies and gentlemen we're coming right back rick leventhal is my guest uh, stay with us
Stick around for more of That Kevin. Next, That Kevin Show with Kevin McCullough. Here he is from New York, that Kevin, Kevin McCullough. All right, welcome back from New York, Kevin McCullough. Glad to have you with us. Rick Leventhal, author of Chasing Catastrophe, is my guest. And uh, we've just been uh, kind of detailing some of the stories that are in the book. But get the book. The book is much more of a page turner than than we can cover in this uh, short time together tonight. It's number one in Afghanistan travel guide. <laughs> yes, it is. On and I was proudly the one to point that out to you a couple of weeks ago. And I was <laughs> I very happy. I know that was a that. category, but it that, is. That's right. Um, <laughs> hey, speaking of, of that, there's there's a there's a fun side to Rick Leventhal. And the we, we talked about what you had been doing. Let's, let's give a plug to everything that you are doing now. The Daily Smash is yeah. a daily podcast that you and your wife, Kelly Dodd, who was part of the Real Housewives franchise, um, this is something you guys are doing. Give us a little flavor of, of what what's that like? You know, she's she's so funny and she's got such great personality. And I mean, she's beautiful, but she's also really an interesting person and has a lot of knowledge about a lot of stuff like I do. Like I know a little bit about a lot of things. She's right. the same way. And she actually knows a lot more about some right. things than I do. And I don't know, we just mesh really well. So we share videos and stories of our day-to-day life, which is I think pretty fun and interesting to, you know, hopefully a lot of people, but you know, we talk about life. We talk about stuff that's happening in the news and we talk about stuff that's happening with us. And we occasionally have people on, we do interviews. We'll probably do more of those. And then we have a weekly show on patreon.com, which is a subscription based podcast. And, you know, it starts at five bucks a month and we have 74 shows already in the can and uh, they're all there for the subscribers. And um, there we can talk about stuff that we can't talk about on YouTube, because as I'm sure you're aware, there's censorship is alive and well. And, and there are limitations on what we're allowed to talk about publicly. It's the craziest thing. And so we can go on Patreon and say whatever we want. That's right. Uh, and we do. And we get to talk about the pandemic and the vaccines and all the stuff that if we talk about on YouTube, we get strikes Yeah, because it's either misinformation or it's, you know, a category of discussion that's not approved. You know, it's just, it's unbelievable. We need, we need Elon Musk to buy YouTube next. Um, Perhaps he will. It'd be anyway. We do we do up to twelve shows a week, and sometimes we do recaps of housewife shows too. So uh, those have done very well because that's her audience. She loves it. Here I am, the war correspondent, talking about what Vicky said to Tamra, and it's just like people are like, "Dude, (laughs) you realize where you were and where you are now?" And I was like, "Yeah, I know, but it's fun. I like doing it." Total departure. Not not quite the pressure of uh, you know getting shot at or buildings falling down around you for sure. Hey, uh, speaking of which, I just want to ask this as a longtime journalist that, you know, kind of shunned the anchor booth and always preferred the in-person assignment. What do you make of today's uh, quality of journalism that we're getting from the current class that's out there? It seems to me, and maybe it's just because I'm getting older, I always think I'm listening to kids that don't seem to know as much about what they were talking about as as the last group did. But maybe that's just my perception. What's yours? Yeah, well, I I think you're you're onto something. 
uh, a big part of that is budget. You know, kids are, are less expensive than, than yep. grownups like us. Uh, I know I was making a lot of money when uh, my last contract ended. And I know that was part of the, that was part of the thinking. I, I believe um, that they didn't want to keep paying me. They could have paid, they could have hired five people for what they were paying me. And those five people would have done anything like I used to do. They would run out the door and cover anything and everything. And honestly, like I was kind of over the whole travel situation, just yeah, leaving on a moment's notice. Um, so you got these kids straight out of college who are getting hired for peanuts to do the work that we were doing. And obviously they don't have the experience. They don't have the gravitas. They don't have the the background. They might have some book knowledge of certain topics, but you can't report knowledge to be about something if you haven't seen it before, yep. if you haven't experienced it. You know, everybody needs to cover, you know, fires and 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 shootings and robberies and and traffic accidents and all that stuff, I think, first before they get to the next level, because then they have that, that well to, to, to draw from. Yeah. No, there's That's no doubt about it. I was it. able to handle nine 11 because I was, I'd been down that road, not that road, but enough roads to know how to behave in yeah. awful situations. No, it's, it's really, uh, it, it's, it's obviously a piece of history that any of us who lived through it will never forget. Um, and we are grateful that uh, you were there to help us try to make sense of it in the early moments of when it was happening. Chasing Catastrophe is the name of the book, uh, and I want you to get a copy. And then I want you to go uh, watch The Daily Smash and The Rick and Kelly Show, Rick and Kelly on Patreon, uh, The Daily Smash on YouTube. You can Google either of them. You'll find them pretty easily. Thank Rick you. Leventhal, great to see you. Thanks for being here. You too, Kevin. Thank you very much. Kevin McCullough, lots more of that Kevin show straight ahead, including Corin Wells as tonight's musical artist. Don't go away. Ready or not, you'll be right back. That Kevin Show with Kevin McCullough. Now, back to that Kevin show with Kevin McCullough. Ladies and gentlemen, to the Drive Bar Comedy Stage we go to this week, a TEDx speaker extraordinaire, funny woman, Maureen Langan. Let me check you out. You are a good-looking, you're a good-looking group of people. You're good-looking. <laughs> Overall, one or two, I was like, whoa. But overall, <laughs> overall, you know, that's all that matters in life, my friends. You have to be young, hot, rich, or famous. That is it. Now, I'm looking at you. What's your name, honey? Bambi, Barbie, Bubbles. Look at you. You're so cute and hopeful. Every day's a present, you pop open. Oh, look at my happy life, right? With Chad holding on to you for dear life. So cute, I love it. No, I love it. Good for you, happy, yeah. I was raised by an Irish mother. My father is a New York City sanitation worker. My five siblings and I were told, you work hard, get your education, do the right thing, life will reward you. Anybody else told work hard and life will reward you? Anybody, anybody? Okay, a lot of trust fund babies over there. Work hard and life will reward you. That is a load of crap. <laughs> life is rewarding reality stars. That's who's getting rewarded. 
What is this? The the, the boo boo mama, the the mom the mama June, mama June. I can't, she was just caught with crack. I would have been a lot more shocked had she been caught with a book <laughs> or a tooth, like a tooth, maybe one tooth, just a tooth, you know, a little, a bit of dignity, just a bit. The number one reality show in America continues to be keeping up with the Kardashians. Keeping up, not exceeding, not excelling, not surpassing, but keeping up. They're kind of like suffragettes without intelligence, integrity, or cause. Bubbles and Chad suffragettes were women who fought really hard for other women to have the right to vote. They were force-fed and hosed and put in jail. The Kardashians are nothing like the suffragettes. If they were like them, they would be like them, but since they're not, that's called sarcasm. Do you know that Kim Kardashian got a book deal? Do you know this? I was an English major, I was a journalist, and she got a book deal. What is this book, a coloring book? What is this book? What is this book? She's so vapid, she has to bring a ghostwriter to her book signings. Normally a ghostwriter writes the entire book, but she can't sign her name. Subtitles for the kids, subtitles for the kids, subtitles, subtitles for the kids. I try to help people, I help people. That's what I do. Now, I judge people. I do, I judge people. It gives me hours of pleasure and I'm never gonna stop. No, I used to wanna be a better person, but I found it exhausting. People will say to me all the time, they'll say Maureen, because that's my name. They will say Maureen. You should never judge another person until you have walked a mile in their shoes. Ever hear that line of crap? All right, well, let me remind all of you. I am the daughter of a New York City garbage man. I have walked in other people's shoes. to it. Here's my real gift. My true gift. Who talks like that? My true gift. I'm a motivational speaker. No, I help people. I, I help, right? Right, focus, focus. Here's the deal. It doesn't matter how old or ugly a man is. As long as he is wealthy or famous, he will get a hot chick to the day he dies. Women, we have a shelf life of about 35, 40 with good refrigeration. I did not make this up. I learned this decades, decades ago from Anna Nicole Smith, my spiritual advisor. Anna was married to an octogenarian in a wheelchair. That's a man in his 80s. He hadn't walked since Watergate. That was the political crisis in our country in the 1970s. So, so cute. So cute. 
and in love, and they're, you know, I gotta help them. Anna was voluptuous, gorgeous. He couldn't move on his own. Anybody seen the inequity? Anybody? 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 Okay. Over for me. I feel like Canada. I have so much to offer, but nobody gives a crap. I don't think it's over for me, but people treat me like that. Okay, I'll give you an example. What did I get for my birthday? Somebody gave me a bread maker. A bread maker. So that I could make my own loaves of bread. Because that's what I want to do. I want to make my own loaves of bread. That's why my mother came to America. So I could make my own loaves of bread. Spending three bucks at the shop right was killing me. But thanks to your gift, I can now spend five hours kneading and rolling dough. Maybe next year, maybe, you could give me a pig and a chicken and we can make bacon and eggs. Wouldn't that be fun? Good times. Let's do that. Fun. Do you know whose fault it is that women like me are getting bread makers? Martha Stewart. She won't go away. No, she won't. We put her in jail, but she comes out. And the problem with putting her in jail is she gets street cred when she comes out. Yo, yo, M dog. And in America, when you do the wrong thing, you get rewarded. That's the way it works. So she comes out, she gets a, a rewarded with another cooking show with that rapper who likes the weed. Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg. He brings the pot, she brings the pan. That's what happens. That's how they make it work. <laughs> Join us for more Dry Bar Comedy Stage every week here on That Kevin Show. Ready or not, you'll be right back. That Kevin Serving it up with a no-drink minimum. It's that Kevin Show. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome one of Christian Music's rising stars, the one and only Torin Wells. Everything happens for a reason, but you don't know what you don't know. Never have peace if you don't let go of tomorrow Cause it ain't even faith till your plan falls apart But you still choose to follow If it doesn't make sense right now It will when it's over There will be joy in the morning There will be joy Giving in to your feelings is like drowning in the shallow Oh, you gotta keep believing even in the middle of the unknown Cause grace will be there when you come to the end of your rope and you let go If it feels like you're going down now, the story isn't over
be joy in the morning. Hey, get the soundtrack. Search hashtag new music spotlight on Spotify or Apple Music.